Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 542 from October 27th, 1997, a Monday night show. No guest tonight. Adam and Drew are broadcasting remotely from their affiliate in Boulder. This is a lost recording that's been missing for nearly 18 years. A new fan copy exists in the first batch of Kevin tapes, uh, but this official studio recording has slightly better quality, so we're using it. Both of these tapes were just recovered this year, oddly enough. Adam and Drew did a live performance Q&A at the University of Colorado earlier in the day, and again are broadcasting live from their local affiliate, which always proves to be an interesting show with unusual chemistry and one-time-only content. There's going to be a lot of great remote shows, especially the ones from North Carolina in 2003 when they were filming Dawson's Creek. The ones done on the East Coast typically had even weirder content because it was 1 to 3 a.m. for Adam and Drew as opposed to 10 p.m. till midnight. Different vibe. And a side note about Loveline and classic Loveline in general, I recently came to my attention that the leaked script for the Deadpool movie coming out in 2016 contains a Loveline uh, cameo with Dr. Drew and then the radio flipping to some mariachi music, of course, which is uh, very funny if you know the full history of Loveline and the upcoming Ranchero Accordion Countdown with Engineer Anderson and uh, some really, really good times. That's not until 2004. You'll hear it eventually. But Ryan Reynolds, who's playing Deadpool, actually does guest on Loveline in 1998, promoting Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place, where Adam guest starred for, I believe, the premiere of the second season. And then he came back on again in 2002, and he crushed it both times. He was a really great guest, really dynamic. And the way the movie's structured, they're making fun of his career and things he's done. It might be really cool if uh, Loveline ends up in the final movie. I don't have any information about any of this, but if you want to uh, bug Ryan Reynolds on Twitter or the writers of the film, feel free. Maybe we can find out what's going on. As per usual, it's a record in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherine on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of our fair podcasts. And if you'd like to support more of my efforts and the work that goes into the fan tape preservation, uh, check out Patreon.com slash Giovanni. Follow and get on. Podcast1.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Hey, yes, it is Loveline. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician, sorry, Drew, an addiction medicine specialist. And tonight we are uh, at one of our affiliates, KBCO in Boulder. We did a little, uh, Drew, uh, I think you punched a mic in record time. Yes, indeed. It's a bigger mic. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah, Bigger mic stand, anyway. More uh, more volume for punching. (laughs) All right. Um, we did a little lecture at the uh, University of Colorado in uh, Boulder today. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. Uh, yeah, well. Things are a little fuzzy. Yeah. And tonight we're uh, broadcasting from the uh, KBCO affiliate. So uh, the show will uh, be business as usual. We do not have a guest tonight. Uh, tomorrow night we have uh, uh, Dave Bundy. <laughs> Faustino. Dave Faustino, uh, of course, you know, is uh, one of the Bundys. And uh, then Thursday, we got D.B. Sweeney and John Legazamo. Next week's Chumbawamba. You know that song they sing, Drew? Mm-hmm. 
I I can't stand. Uh, I can't fall. I fall. I fall. All right, all right. Okay. And uh, Melissa Joan Hart, who um, I know is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I know as Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> <laughs> that is so gay, Drew. That's why kids watch it. All right. And uh, tonight, because we're at a uh, actual facility, we have uh, Ray on the skins. Ray, you want to give us a uh, quick shot there? All right, Ray, it's getting annoying already. No, Ray, uh, here's what I'm going to need you to do. If I say anything that's even remotely uh, comical, I want you to go ahead and give me a give me a give me a shot on the snare drum. All right, all right. So the drummer Ray, it's like a regular morning show we're doing. Uh, Drew, are we missing anything? The callers. Okay. All right, let's Drew, go. Stay with to, us. Uh, line two, Mindy. Drew, you didn't have 15 minutes to look at that before the show started. We thought it. Okay, line two. <laughs> Pretty plain right. well, Don't hide that from hey, me. Hey, hey, Mindy. I will, can I see the caller's name, Mindy please? 29. Mindy? Mindy. Hello. Hi hey. there. Hi. Hey. Hey, can I get your um, AOL address before we start this so I can email you? It's uh, luv191aol.com, right? Right. All right, Mindy, what's going on? Um, well, I'm 29. And I've recently been dating an 18-year-old. Hmm. And I'm feeling kind of weird about it. How'd you meet him? Um, at work. Really? Kind of work. Chuck E. Cheese? No, it's a grocery. Uh-huh. Are you a cashier? No, I'm a manager. And he's a bagger? Basically. Isn't that a problem already? Well, it's kind of on the sly. Yeah, that's why it's been, it's been real difficult. Look, I mean, you have a you have a, a position of authority over this guy. I mean, it's not know, appropriate to be. For the longest time, I denied it. I pretended it wasn't happening. I just. Is he really eighteen or is he seventeen? He's seventeen. Oh, Drew, hold on! I'm giving Drew a dollar. He's going to be eighteen in a month. But he's you seventeen. Bastard. You're breaking the law in addition <laughs> You're to faster, Drew. <laughs> I just had a feeling about this. I mean, your levels of denial are so huge. All right, so uh, he's but he's having the greatest sex of his life, right? Yes. Then let me uh, let me guess. You're divorced, correct? No. No. Okay, guys your own age have treated you very badly. Um, no, I just recently broke up with someone who was 37, actually. Uh, we, we were together for like three years. Well, a, a bad breakup. No. Huh? It was an okay breakup. It was. We've been broken up for almost a year, and for the last year, I've I've noticed a pattern that has started dating younger. Younger guys. Younger guys tend to be less threatening. There's somebody that's been with older guys and it's not worked out. Well, plus I'm also thinking I'm at a perfect age where I can date younger guys and older guys. Yeah, but I'm still attracted. Guys that are adults. Listen, we're yeah. It's like uh, yeah, I can I can go to the uh, kindergarten and uh, steal steal four year olds out of it yeah. and have sex with them at the park, bro. Right? Yeah. I'm the perfect age for that. In all seriousness, Mindy, there's something seriously wrong here. What I've You're, had, I've had it, more adult conversations. Mandy, here's the reality. Do you, um, it's against the law. And it's against the the well, principles. We haven't, had, we haven't had sex yet. Okay, but, but you've had oral sex. You've had oral sex. A little. You like the way his retainer feels down That's there, That's sex, don't you? Mindy. That is sex. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's against the law, and it's against the policies of your employer, and you're a manager. Yep. This is serious. This is very serious business. Yeah, but but where's the victim here, Drew? I mean, this guy's floating around on cloud nine. He's getting oral sex from his. 29-year-old manager, and he's uh, 17. For uh, Christ's sake! You know sake. what? Uh, this is this. Mindy is is really treading into. I mean, this could be life-changing stuff for her if she gets caught. Mm. Life-shattering. Yeah, society does not come down too hard on on um, this. 
Besides, he's going to be 18 soon anyway, right? He'll lose her job, as sure as you can blink. Mindy? Mm-hmm. Uh, has this guy gone out with other women before you? Uh-huh. So he's, he's no virgin? No. And uh, he's an intelligent lad? Yes. And uh, do you ever have him bring the smock home? No. Look, no. Uh, what, the deal is the what's up with Mindy that she could do this kind of stuff and sit here and deny it and uh, defend it. It's just not right. All right. Okay? All right. I'll tell you what's going on with Mindy. She does not want to become intimate, so she gets herself in an unrealistic right. relationship Correct. that could never really come to fruition. Right. Yeah, that's it. So you're just having kicks. Mm -hmm. But you do it in a way that is chaotic and dangerous, both to you and to him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not totally on board here, Drew. I mean, yeah. uh, listen, she doesn't want to manage the supermarket her whole whole life. He's going to be off at college in uh, six months and could give a rat's hiney about the paper plastic dilemma. Meanwhile, he's getting oral sex from his, uh, from his sexed-up manager. This is the kind of, you know, this is the, the thing dreams are made of for 17-year-old boys, Drew. All right. Do you say so? But, Mindy, you are sort of on hiatus from relationships. You're not really on hiatus from sex, just from relationships. But so just she's doing it you... in a way that, that's potentially harmful to herself and somebody else. Okay, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, you have a point with the work thing. All right. All right. Please, so what do you please. suggest? Uh, I'm really concerned about Mindy. Maybe I'm overreacting here, but this I think is... so. You want to? No, I'm not. We don't want to gamble. No. Just Mindy. Just do what's right. Okay. okay. End the relationship. Start behaving like a manager, and uh, and uh, you know, stop this nonsense. Right. I wish I had a manager that gave me a Hummer yeah, every right. once in a while. This is uh, let's see, on line four, John. John is twenty-one. John. Hi. Yeah. Um, cool. uh, first of all, I just want to say, Adam, you're an absolutely inspired comedian. Oh, well, thank you. you. Rock. Inspired to what? I'm inspired uh, to get a cup of effing coffee, by the way. Okay. Please, we've been begging for coffee for a half hour. Is it? Is this a dry town? This uh, Boulder. What is going on with the coffee situation here? Caffeine I, free. I, I don't want to sound like some sort of, uh, you know, it's making it, they say. head case or something. What are you, making it? <laughs> what are you, melting the snow? I need some coffee in here. I'm going insane. All right, I'm sorry, John. Okay, and Dr. Drew, I think it's yeah. great that you put your time out like this. You know, you you got a busy week, obviously, you're a doctor. And you take out a lot of time every week to do this. I think that's Thank you. Good. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Okay. My problem is... It is fun. All right. That's, uh, it's a nice, a nice uh, you know, adventure. Okay. All right. What's your question, John? My problem is I'm 21. I've been, all, I've been out on all of four dates, and it started when I was about 19. Uh, and I just can't really sustain any sort of long-term relationship. Why? I don't know. Uh, how, many, how many times have you gotten close? Uh, close to what? Close to what? Close to sustaining a long time, a long What's term. What's the longest you dated somebody? Longest um, I dated someone. Um, it was like four or five weeks. And what happened with that? Why'd you break it up? Well, um, I didn't feel like I was getting any sort of response from her. It was probably because she was going to leave the country for two months and a month and a half. Hmm. Are you a virgin? Yeah, very. Very virgin. I know there was a thing as a very virgin. Mm, he's a very got a uh, extra thick hymen. <laughs> <laughs> he's a two-ply hymen man. Uh, it, well, how far have you gotten with a woman, John? Um, nothing. M kissing? Have you have you kissed? No, not even that. Why? Did you? Did you, somebody in your family die or something when you were younger? Um. Well, the only two that I can remember, but I didn't really think they had any impact on me, was my mom's great aunt. Died when I was like five. No. And then my grandfather died when I was like seven or eight. 
Mm, do, 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 you, no. do you see what I'm picking up on? I mean, it's interesting you've thought about it, too. That you, you seem to be afear, afraid of, of losing. They're so afraid of, of connecting for fear of losing the connection after you make it. Well, I, you know, one thing I've kind of mulled over, I think maybe this has something to do with it, is that I got picked on almost from, like, the first grade through my junior year of high school. For what? Constantly. Um, I didn't really have a very large group of friends, maybe three or four. What were you picked on for? I, I was a geek. I was a nerd. You know, I was, like, the misfit. Right. And... Those guys usually end up being rock stars. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Well, th that's interesting because I have been playing the guitar a lot lately, and I think I can sing, too. Or you think you can sing. Yeah. Okay. It's subjective. All right. But, so, John, mm -hmm. you are, but this is, uh, the reason you've had no physical contact is not a religious no. situation, right? No, not at all. Okay. See, this is, uh, Drew, we were talking about this on the airplane uh, ride over here, I believe, which is, uh, for a guy, if you are a virgin or you have little experience and you get past uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, it becomes uh, like an albatross. I mean, it, Yeah, you have to get rid of it. It, 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 it tends... <laughs> I'm doing it with my feet now, not my hands. It, uh, it tends to impede you. Right, right. And uh, I see. I think you need to go to a brothel and get laid, and just uh, get the monkey off your back, and then you can go out and uh, date with a um, with a um, you know clean slate. I think you need to find somebody that you can have a relationship with, and just really work on it. Find, explore it, get in a relationship, hang in there, stay with it. I mean, a, a woman who wants to date you is going to be perfectly happy to stick around. And have a relationship. I mean, she, you know, it's not, it's not like Adam. Yeah, Chris, stay with me here. It's not yeah, like right. uh, trying to convince a guy to get in a relationship. A woman who's being who's responding will go right along with the relationship if right. the guy shows a willingness to do so. And if he, and particularly a guy that's slow and concerned about it, and you know, will work on the relationship, he needs to take himself by the hand and go into this into a relationship. And when he feels like breaking it off, stay with it. Well, ultimately, whatever, wherever you are in relationships is wherever you put yourself and whatever you're going after and whatever you're pursuing. Because the Lord knows, that wasn't that bizarre what statement. What the hell was that? Well, here's what I'm saying. If people call in and say, uh, how come women can't commit? How come men can't commit? How come I can't find a woman who can? How come I can't find a man who's willing to blank, blank, blank? They're out there. You're certainly you're just going for the wrong ones. Right. There's certainly women out there who'd love to commit to a long-term relationship. As a matter of fact, that's their big gripe with guys is that guys aren't willing to commit. So, John, you need to lower your standards in a big way. Find someone that's going to hang out for a while and uh, cut your teeth on her. All right. Now we got Daniel. Daniel is 25 on line six. Daniel. Hello. Hey. Hello. How are you? I'm. Um, was just kind of referred to you by a friend of mine who uh, I've listened to your show a couple times since I've been here. And, I just thought maybe you could help me out some. Where are you from? I'm um, I'm from England originally. All right. I've moved around a lot though. I've, I've lived in a lot of different places, but I've I've been here in the states for on and off for some time. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know where to start with this. I'm 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 rather well endowed, and it's been a bit of a problem for me. Uh huh. I'm. Uh, I'm Drew, are you going bogus here a little bit? Maybe. Let's keep going. Well, you no, circumcised? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you, circ are you circumcised? Oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, he's from England. He's circumcised. Well, kind of weird. My, my, my mother was American, and she, she didn't... She All thought right. it was something to do. To 
This guy is an asshole. Okay, please, Shane. Reserve comment until um, Daniel's done asking I, I, I've, I've always had a problem. I was, when I was a child, I, I got teased when I was in school, in, in showers and such. People kind of made me feel like a bit of a freak. Because you had a large penis? Yes. Um, How large was your penis in school? Um, it's always been rather large. Um, e even, when it, even when it's flaccid? Yes. I, I've never been able to maintain a relationship with any woman physically. Uh -huh. Because of the uh, immense size of your penis. Yes. Yeah, I hear that, brother. <laughs> what, uh, uh, what, what size are you? Well, when I'm I'm erect, I'm 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 almost 14 inches long. Oh please! Right. <laughs> no, please. Hold on, Ray. Come on, give us a little uh, give a little something on the drum kit there. Oh, Ray! <laughs> Ray can't hear the calls. That's it's right. it's some. I'll cue you, Ray. <laughs> it's it causes some physical discomfort at times, and I've I've actually caused some some tearing and bleeding in in women before, and it's been very. Hard for me because I can't get involved in a relationship for any period of time. I've, I end up forming very strong emotional relationships and then finally get around to the physical aspect, and it just ruins everything. And what? Drew, what do you? This may be one of our friends who changed his voice a little bit. No, oh. no, no. You mean the guy, uh, the guy <laughs> with the uh, mason jar, the guy with the ass is, uh, the size of the mason jar? No, I don't think it's him. He doesn't have that kind of range. Okay. Daniel's no, I, doing I'm a. Quite uh, serious here, please. I, I need. I don't know. Is there, is there anything? All right, Drew. Let's not make light of this. Let's just say I I, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a very right, small percentage down. of men. Bottom down. Let's discuss it. Okay. There there are there there is a uh, I call an elite fraternity, but not a small percentage of men who have your fraternity was the small percentage. Yeah. I've never been able to go. Pot him down. I don't want to hear this anymore. Right, hold on, Engineer Mike. The pot him down uh, means okay. turn him off. Thank you. But we, we'll discuss it. All right, let's discuss it. Okay. What do you want to say, Drew? Uh, it, it's tip, you know, the typical, we've discussed this before with people that have genuinely have a problem with it. And people that genuinely have a problem with it are not, uh, are, you know, they've been dealing with their whole life. They're quite familiar with all aspects of the disorder that they have. And it's a matter of finding a partner who can work with them on it. I mean, it's like it, a it, circus woman. I mean, but what if what if somebody uh, you know somebody's involved with somebody and somebody gets one of the partners gets a, a spinal fracture? Or something. Oh, you got to dump them. No, but the point is, you you work, you figure out a way to make it work for both partners. Right. And, and this is look, we're in terms of actually having intercourse. Uh, we're talking about a birth canal. We're talking uh. about something that can handle the head of a child. And, yeah, and it could be very uncomfortable for some women. It may be a deal breaker for some. There's no doubt about it. In fact, we have found out tend to find out more women complain about the discomfort of something being too large as opposed to complaining about something being too small. Right. Right? That they'd right. rather deal with the smaller uh, issue than the larger issue because right. it can be so unpleasant. I have now found out uh, what happened to the rest of my penis. Uh, Daniel's been walking around with it attached to his. Okay. All right. So, uh, yes, if you can if you can give birth uh, to, a, to a child, you certainly could handle Daniel's penis. Just uh, a little he stretching. Carefully, and he just has to... No, a little, he just little has, lubrication look, and, and he, some he love. Just has to, right. He just okay. has to be very okay. cautious with it. For Punch up the next one. All right. Uh, Dave is 18. Dave uh, is on line one. Dave. Yes. Uh, don't yeah. mumble that part, Drew. They need to hear that back at the home base. Mm -hmm. Dave? Yeah. What's going on? Um, well, I heard... I'm in Chicago, and we get last night's show tonight, and I heard some kid called up and said that his his mom was going through chemotherapy and had some question about hair loss, and that kind of inspired me to call. I'm 18 right now, and I've got stage 4 Hodgkin's disease, mm -hmm. and I'm most of my friends know, and I didn't tell them for a long time, and I'm still, like, having trouble talking to them about it.
and having What's trouble. stage? How bad is stage four? It's everywhere. It's all over. It's, the place. A, it's throughout my body. Yeah. So what does that mean? It's just it it determines the type of treatment they get. Stage one gets radiation. Stage two certain kinds of radiation. Three chemo and radiation. Four gets chemo typically. Are they are they contemplating bone marrow transplants or anything like um, that? Actually, yeah, they took some out. Yeah. Uh, how serious is that? It's four out of four. So it's, four out it's of pretty serious. It's serious but treatable. Yeah, it's treatable. But at okay. this point, I mean, I I have to at some point sit down with you know these guys that were just my drinking buddies from high school and be like, you know. Yeah, well, tell them. What is it? What is it? it I cannot tell. I, I tell every woman I knew. Well, you were going to use it as a ploy to try to get. Oh, come on. Listen, I busted my knee up once and got more sex during the three-month period out of cast on my right leg than uh, than the three years before and after that three-month period. Once? All right. Once. Okay. <laughs> that was it. I'm thinking about jumping off the building tonight so I can get laid again. I, I'm totally serious. Women love that stuff. It's the whole, um, you know, nurse thing. The codependency thing. Yeah. All right, but wh I, what is it that's keeping you from telling your friends? I don't know. I... I, How do you think they're going to react? Well, I mean, they know I have it, but this is recent. Like, I I was diagnosed in May, and they found out, like, two weeks ago. That it's it, everywhere. What? That you have stage four. Yeah. So you didn't know that it was no, stage four. No, I didn't four. tell them anything in, until recently. All right, but uh, listen. But now, it, yeah, it's more serious now. And uh, uh, Dave? The problem I'm having is I, I don't know whether I see it as almost like a personal failure or what. But right, that, that's like kind of what I'm picking up from you, that, that you, know, you feel powerless and you feel sort of less than because you have an illness. I mean, look, I mean, these are your friends. They care about you. They're, if they're your friends, they're going to come to your aid and support. Was there something about the quality of relationship that you guys had together that it was built on just, uh, you know, massaging each other's, what, what, I'm shaking his head, what? Dave just wants to talk about his Hodgkin's. No, I mean I, I don't. I don't mean well, to be I cruel here. I'm hoping maybe one and, of them will catch the show. Um, I mean, listen. You have a very serious condition, and it, it's it's uh, it's tragic. And I, I I sure the hell hope you can beat it and you can get through it. But as far as your question goes, it's sort of a non-question. I mean, your friends are already aware that you have this disease. There's uh, certainly no no shame in it. Yeah, the, the, the thing is ashamed, and he feels powerless, and like, like somebody, you don't pick uh, up on I that? I think he's just calling because he wants to talk about it. But he's afraid to tell his friends for six months. But they know about it already. They don't know how serious it is, though, apparently. All right, that's but what he wants well, to talk I mean, about. But, like, who, yeah, okay, that's but, it, guys. And then, like, I don't, it's like I don't want to discuss it further with them. And they're having I mean, a hard time with that, and I'm trying to wonder how... It also like maybe, you know, he may, he, when he sees them confronting the reality of how serious this is, it may also make him confront it himself. And uh, it may be sort of looking at the feeling of having this serious illness outside mm -hmm. of himself, can't sort of break through some of his denial. And that might be what's making it so hard. That, right. I, I, bet, I bet that's it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Drew, why don't you uh, sell the next call before we uh, go? I don't have it yet because we have to talk to the, our screeners and see what they got up for us. Well, we went through all of them? You want to talk to, uh, yeah. What? What's the one that's left on there? Uh, a guy had an aspirin overdose as a question about his blood pressure medication. You want me to take it? You can't make one up? Uh, no. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, there's a little addendum there. The same guy uh, had, what's his name, Drew? Ben. Ben. He had a uh, aspirin overdose, and he wants to know about his blood pressure medication because his penis is to hurt uh, in, with his uh, testicles, too. Right, Drew? <laughs>
You're just so funny. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. And uh, we'll be back with more Loveline. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans. Chips, dips, chains, whips. Shenanigans. High school orgy type of thing. Loveline, I'll be right Shenanigans. back. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot, because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out True Car and True Car's mobile app. True Car not only can configure the car you want how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted True Car certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay. Download the True Car app today. Hello, I'm Simon LeBron. And I'm Warren Cucurulla from Duran Duran. You're listening to Love Lines with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Just for you. Yes, you is. Uh, it is Adam Carolla. It is Dr. Drew. The phone number, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number, 310-854-4455. If we sound different, it's because we is. We're in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, Dr. Drew and ourselves. Uh, Myself, I should say, crisscrossing uh, this great land of ours, or reaching out and uh, touching the kids. Uh, Drew, uh, touching them in the genitalia, me touching just the hand and the hearts. What is so funny about that? Uh, Drew. Everybody uh, cracks up when you make the most inane statements. You know what? Because uh, i got to tell you, it's so nice to have an impartial love line crowd here for a change. It's uh, usually uh, Drew, who likes to read during my... Brilliance, and then there's uh, engineer Mike who's pissed off at me, and then there's producer Ann who's um, looking through some sort of catalog, and then there's uh, Sherry and Lisa who are actually Working doing hard, the job yeah. and, and don't hear what I'm saying. But it's a uh, it's a very tough room, and it's nice uh, for a change to have some fresh, smiling faces in here to uh, soak up the opulence that is Adam. Ugh. All right, uh, did I give the phone number out, Drew? Sick. One eight hundred L O V E one nine one. Drew, you have our next caller. Yeah, it's already potted up. It's uh, Ben. Remember the aspirin? Yes, Ben. Hi. What's going on? Uh, um, I don't know what your scanners told you, but <laughs> it's I'm not taking any blood pressure medicine. All right. What What's the deal? Um, well, I I tried to commit suicide by swallowing about 150 aspirin, mm. and since then I haven't been able to swallow any pills. I just I I gag. I cannot swallow it, and they put me on medications that I haven't been able to. Now, they, they told me you were on Pimazide. Pimazide. That's for hallucinations. Pimazide. It's ORAP. ORAP, okay. What's, right. what's going on with you? Well, I've got a very complex problem. Uh, I'm depressed. Are you schizoaffective? Is that what they're calling you? Schizophrenic. Schizophrenic? Yeah. Or are, you, are you schizoaffective? Have you ever heard that term? No. Okay. 
ORAP is a newer medication for schizophrenia. It's a pretty effective medicine. Uh, can you follow your? Can you swallow? You can't swallow your antipsychotic medication either, then, huh? The weirdest thing is because the, the I'm taking Luvox and Timazide, right? And the Timazide is really small, so I have been able to like half the time. Yeah. But, but the other ones, I just the spit comes right out of my throat. And I've been because the experience was so aversive to you. Did you have a lot of vomiting or something oh, afterwards? Yeah, yeah. So it, it triggers all that. Yeah, definitely does. Okay. And the doctors, they they're they're getting mad. They want to put me in the hospital because I'm suicidal because I can't take my medicine. Oh boy. Uh, have they ever thought about giving me injections? There's some long <laughs> acting. Right after I right after I tried to kill myself, they put me in the hospital and they gave me injections, but they don't want to give it to me on a daily basis. Well, there are long-acting injections. How about a, I bet a suppository or two would cure this? Prolixin and Decadron, and, yeah, excuse me, Haldol, Decanoid, and things. But, um, and that's the other thing. Is that, have they tried you med on medications to treat the nausea and vomiting? No. Okay. Just to treat okay. the, my depression and... They might, they might try. Maybe you want to see a gastroenterologist and see if there's something going on with your esophagus. Maybe you've injured your stomach or your esophagus in some way with that big aspirin overdose. Ben? Yeah? Are you uh, still suicidal? Yeah. Well, I mean, you are. I, just, just, I mean, I've, I, I'm not unless I have a trigger. How long ago was that ingestion of aspirin? Oh, the aspirin thing was about July. Hmm. How? Uh, what happened? Who discovered you? Oh, I didn't discover. I just started puking all over the place, and the uh, an actual pill fell out of my mouth. And then my parents sent me to the hospital. I mean, the aspirin came out of they your mouth. They saw it. Yeah. Yeah, they saw it. We, do you think you're really trying to kill yourself? Oh yeah, I mean that's a serious gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm that. not saying it wasn't. I'm just. Uh, I've done I'm, more than that. So. You have. Yeah. What else have you done? <laughs> well, that's not the first time I overdosed. That was the first time I did. I majorly overdosed. First oh time boy. Wasn't enough. And then well, why I, do you want to kill yourself? <laughs> I don't know. It's biological, I guess. I don't. Know. Oh okay. That's uh, what my uh, doctors tell me. All right, hey, Drew. Don't you think this um, Ben should be where people can keep a closer eye on him? Yeah, and that's what they're talking about doing with him. It sounds like there's pretty close supervision such as it is. But, again, I think you ought to make sure that the medical parts of this are being systematically taken care of to make sure it's not something they can do either to correct or deal with the nausea pharmacologically and to make sure there's not something wrong with the stomach or esophagus. Tough. No. Okay. Uh, Lewis, he's on line six. He is 21. Lewis. Yeah. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple issues with me. Um, I was dating a girl for about a little over four years. All right, Drew, hold on. Let's Do you hear that? Stop with the color forms over there, yeah. please. What's wrong? I, I liked you better when you're punching the mic, quite honestly. You want to hit the mic for old time's sake? Well, I will when I feel like it. Okay, it's got to be an impulse thing. <laughs> Drew, you're so organic, man. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, Lewis. Go ahead. All right, I was, uh, I... I have dated a girl, or I was dating a girl for a little over four years. Um, we kind of hit a crossroads. She transferred to a university in Southern California, and I took um, a pretty professional job in San Francisco, um, which takes up a lot of my time. Um, I know she's down there partying and meeting a lot of guys, and, and that's something that's... This is this is a special message for her. No, right? no, no, no. The, the, actually, this isn't. This, this is just kind of letting you know where I'm at. Um, I I've been is, is, Are you guys still claiming to be together? Uh, yeah, it's up in the air. I, I we still are. Um, but would it be smarter? Like, I mean, she cheated on me before. I know I'm not stupid. I know what she's down. She's probably sitting in some guy's lap right now, drinking out of his beer bong. I mean, but, I'm not uh, Lewis, what, what kind of relationship is this? I mean, you you have such. 
bitterness in your voice. I mean, why not get in this? Recognize it's not working. You guys live in two parts of the state. Right. Uh, well, get that's on only the first part. That's only the first part. Uh, look, you get on with life. All right, so that needs to end. Okay. All right, that's the first part. What's okay, the second part? See, then. Uh, I was at a club in San Jose on Saturday with some friends and met a couple girls, and one of them was just like, she was bad. I mean, she was beautiful. She had the best personality. We all went out after uh, the club to get something, and me and her clicked. I mean, we clicked very well, I thought. Um, you know, I've been kind of lonely. I I've been working at this job, haven't had too much time. And what, what, what is so wrong with you having clicked with somebody that you were attracted to? Well, I don't that? want to go, because I've been kind of lonely for the last few, I don't know, months. Wait a I, I don't want to go overboard, and I feel like I'm, you know, I, I met her on Saturday. I called her twice on Sunday. She uh... told me where she worked. I popped up on her work today. Uh, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Red flag. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I've done that. Uh, I've done the one where uh, we've gone out on one date and they've said, um, why don't you give me a call in a couple of weeks? And I said, uh, okay, we'll yeah. call them uh, next morning. I mean, part of me knows that, I, I mean, if she was, if she wanted to talk to me, she has my number, she could have called me, but I go. Uh, yeah. Lewis, this is a huge deal breaker with women. All right. It, it really is. And um, To seem, to seem uh, lean and mean, lean and hungry, <laughs> huh? Yeah, you know, it's like to me, it's just I want so badly to prove that I just want to be friends. I just love to just take her out as a friend. You don't want to be. No, honestly, I know that sounds stupid, but I'm, I'm so. Uh, like, nobody wants to prove badly; they want to be friends. No, I'm serious though. This girl's bad. I'd be so happy just to be out with her. She's she's like really well, cool to talk to. Well, then, oh, listen. Get on with your life, Lewis. So you don't put so much on every single thing that comes along. I mean, part of the problem is you're so desperate because you've been so hurt by the girl that's down south. Yeah, yeah. You're in a lot of pain from that, and you're trying to escape that. Yeah. And here's here's another here's another uh, bromide for your depression, for your loss. You know? Bromide. I mean, I, I mean, a lot like of our stone listeners yeah. know what bromide is. Hey, yeah, you, you got me on that one, but. Uh, look, it's a solution to your depression, to your feelings of like loss. Is that like cell, sir? Was that's <laughs> the, the genesis of all that? Oh Jesus! It, it uh, just means it's. Uh, all right, uh, here, listen, Lewis. And what is this? I, I just want to prove so badly to her that we can be friends. After Listen to our one conversation up. over breakfast at Denny's, right? Yeah, I figure she's a great, great person. All right, Louis, but you like her. Yeah, is is cool. more than a friend. Uh, he can't yeah, admit that he wants anybody point, more than a friend. I have a female in my life who I can yeah, do see. certain things with. Uh, oh, he's just so oh, needy. Boy, yeah. You, you know, you, and, and I'm even at work. I got this like cool job in the city, and I know I'm even like trying to push it too hard with the girls at the job, even. You uh, you have a very dangerous combination between being sort of uh, bitter and hurt and yeah. needy and, and aggressive uh, and you, you know it's like you're you're uh, a pathetic misogynist oh. it, it, it's, and that's a oh boy is that a horrible combination oh. all right Lewis listen here's what you need to learn to do have you can't wear stuff out on your sleeve when you're around women especially when you just meet them I don't mean lie to them. But, I mean, you have a lot of anxiety and a lot of hurt and a lot of stuff built up inside of you. And you can't dump that in the lap on the first or second date. You can't call five times uh, a day after they give you your phone number and so on and so forth. Uh, clear up uh, the relationship down south and uh, free yourself up to uh, date um, un, uh, un, uninhibited. And uh, where is he from? San Francisco? Yeah. Okay. All right, what's the next call, Drew? Well, I think a break, is it? Are we, uh... No. I think okay. we're squeezing. Sorry. All right, this is uh, Todd. He's 26. Line two. Todd. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, Todd. Sidekick Adam. 
going on Sidekick, yes, I love Todd. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, hey, guys, I got, a, I got a question. It's kind of weird and off the bat, but no, I'm not trying to kill myself. No, I don't have an extremely large penis, but I do have a problem that when in the fact that when me and my girlfriend have sex and it's like longer than, you know, half hour or like a really prolonged session, and it goes for a long time, and, and then, like, there's a lot of foreplay. It just seems like after I have sex and it's all done with, when I use the bathroom for, like, a day or two after that, it seems that I seem to drip inordinately large amounts of urine after I do it. But if, you know, we have the proverbial quickie, I don't seem to have that problem quite Does it? Do you, do you have pain with urination when that's happening? Mm, maybe a little bit after sex, but not... Not, uh, doesn't keep going. Yeah, no. Well, much. that is prostate Whoa. irritation, probably. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. It, it can be urethral. So long makes uh, it yeah, that. I mean, the prostate gets irritated and inflamed, doesn't function the way it's supposed to, and you get you get leaky plumbing. Why is the prostate uh, irritated by the prolonged sex? Because um, it's, it's definitely better if you wait I mean, longer. That's the, it's a little bit messier. That is the immune better. system. That is the immune gland of that part of your body. And to the extent okay. that you're traumatizing that area, exposing it to material that can get into the urethra, the prostate's there to keep all that bacteria out. Yeah, but it's so working overtime, let's put it that way. Right. And it irritates it. It just irritates yeah. it. And, uh, okay, so nothing abnormal. Nothing I need no, to No, it may be a urethral irritation, and it's not a bad idea to get it checked out just to make sure there's not infection. Yeah, I, mean, I had the there. doctor do the feel the, you know, Jocelyn thing, and he didn't seem to think there was anything inordinately out of the... Feel the what? Little feel the Bojangle thing. And he didn't the, uh, think there was anything out of the order. Well, uh, you're going to have to speak uh, in terms that I can understand. Yeah. No, he, he did the old nutsack feel thing to see if Okay, well, that won't, that won't tell you anything. He, has he to put... also did the Dr. Free Finger, you know, Fletch used the whole fist doc thing. This oh. guy speaks uh, gibberish. I'm it's, sorry. It's great. Uh, are you sure this was a doctor or just some guy? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he was a doctor. At least he, didn't, saying, he didn't have like a red bandana hanging out of his left pocket or anything. You're saying you had a, rect a rectal exam, right? Exactly. Okay, and the prostate was okay. Yeah, he's all right. And you, did he do a culture on your on your urine? Yeah, he did. It was a okay. Regular so physical all right, all right. So you're all fine. So you had it checked out, and that's that. So don't worry about it. Recognize not it's not good prostate hygiene. When you're 50, you may regret it a little bit. That's right. And nobody's better to their uh, prostate than I am. Yeah, you really. Uh, that's you ought to be like the poster child for prostate maintenance. Yes, quick, painless orgasm. Uh, the prostate, my prostate uh, doesn't even know uh, it's working. My prostate's yeah, like, huh, what? Oh, oh, it's over. Huh, what was going on? Uh, no, don't worry, go back to bed. Oh, okay. see, you, see you in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, depending on um, uh, if uh, uh, there's some uh, rerun, uh, like uh, Daisy uh, Duke running around in a cutoffs or something, maybe back in 45 minutes. All right, uh, now that I've uh, dug myself a grave, uh, Drew... Commercial. You want to sell something? No, we got. I got to hear. I got to see the calls during the break. Then you don't have anything there. We, uh, huh? Come on. If there's one. I'll, here's here's Mike. He wants to know. Can you get HIV from breast milk? Can I do that one. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back. I began to float up and away from my body. Ah, uh, lady, you better get back float. here. If you're not here when Love Line float. returns, they're gonna be pissed. Float.
Hi, everybody. It's Phil Hendry. I'm the host of The Science of the Funny, a podcast that looks at uh, the creation and the craft and the art of comedy. And uh, we talk with great comic inventive people about uh, how they do their thing, how they how they make it happen. We've had Dave Keckner on, Horatio Sanz, Karen Kilgariff, Will Sasso, Wayne Fetterman, Heather McDonald, lots more coming up. And I hope you'll join us for The Science of the Funny. Professionals. Download an exciting new episode every Thursday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey there, this is Jimmy Pop. And this is Lupus. And you're listening to Love Lines. We're the Bloodhound Gang. Dr. Drew will solve your problems. Adam will give you some. Hey, that's right. It is the aforementioned boys. Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Love Line is the name of the show. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. We're uh, coming at you from Boulder tonight. Uh, KBCO with uh, Ray on the skins. Ray? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ray. Ray, come on. This is, uh, we're in 50 markets. What do you say now? Ray on the skins. Well, give, give, us, uh, give us just a, a minor solo. Let me, let me see what you can do, Ray. <laughs> That's better. Ray plays in the uh, the marching band for the uh, for the college, and I, I guess he's used to just one drum. You, you don't you don't have a whole uh, drum kit strapped to your back when you can hit the field, do you? Okay, all right, uh, but uh, not bad for an impromptu attempt. Uh, Drew. Yeah. Who is the caller that we're going to speak to next? Mike is the caller. Mike. Yep, I'm here. Okay. Hi, Adam. Hi, Drew. How are you doing? Good. Um, now I know breast milk is toxic with HIV, but I was wondering how much would someone have to drink before they actually run a serious risk? Mm, I'm no doctor, but I'm guessing like, I don't know, four gallons? <laughs> no, I mean, the, the it is in the breast milk, probably in pretty low concentration, and uh, over the years it's been blamed on the transmission as one of the routes of transmission from mother to child. Uh, but it looks as though it's not a terribly significant route of transmission. It's not the primary route of transmission anyway. So, look, it's a body fluid. Any body fluid is a potential exposure. How could you do the experiment where you try to quantify that? Think about it. Okay? Well, we uh, we have the uh, babies in uh, t- uh, test group uh, A. But he, wa- he wants to know what it will be risk to him. Uh, yeah. Well, um, if you can pay people enough to, to contract this disease... That'd be the only way you could do research. Mike, do you, uh, how much uh, breast milk do you go through? <laughs> um, and do you, do you put basis? it in your coffee? Do you, what? On a daily basis or monthly? Mm, let's go monthly. Well, I just had an experience where, uh, you know, just during the post-coital discussion, I noticed that she was, it was an inordinate amount of breast milk. It was a little bit. But, you know, I, I'm assuming that I must have imbibed some of this. What is the post-coital discussion? Oh, after you know, let me let me tell you my po- uh, post-coital discuss- discussion. Yeah. Uh, honey, your uh, ass is blocking the TV. Could you move a little? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Quiet. Where's your remote? Okay. Huh? So you're talking about breast milk. Yeah. And is your does your girlfriend and your wife have have the breast milk? Uh, yeah, that's know. the point. He was saying this one girl at the end of uh, their experience, he noticed some. And yeah, so he figured yeah. he was exposed to it. But uh, believe me, you're exposed to other body fluids, too. I don't think you should worry that that would be a, 
a significant issue and exposure to sexually transmitted diseases, okay? Okay, well, I know that's saliva. I mean, it takes like... No, yeah, no, yeah, right, Mike, right. don't worry. Yeah, no, Saliva's got it, too, and uh, the point is you're exposed to all that stuff, and breast milk is way down the ladder in terms of the things you need to be worried about after you just had an experience like that. What would cause her to be... Hey, hold on. Engineer Mike? What do we have to do? <laughs> what, do you need a big gong here? <laughs> Pot down Mike. All right, this now is, uh, let's see here, I don't know, uh, Kathy, 34. Kathy, what's going on? Uh, my husband and I have been together for 11 years, married for 10, and I just found out today that uh, he won't admit it, of course, but he did not marry me through love. He has stated that before. They said he wouldn't admit that. Huh? They said he wouldn't admit that. Well, he admitted that he didn't love me when we got married, but he grew to love me. And then today, everything has changed. I've been fighting to get us back together. We have two kids. Mm. Uh, he adopted my oldest daughter, and now all of a sudden everything is basically... What triggered this? Uh, his drinking. Okay, how about yours? I don't drink. At all? No drink, no drugs. Did you ever do drugs? A uh, long time ago, and I was well, an alcoholic. You had to do something. Uh, how, old, how old are your kids? My kids are 14 is the oldest, 9 and 7. Mm. Oh, thank God you had three. Oh. Oh. Uh, knowing all this, I, you know... I thank God for my kids, but I wish I didn't have any. Look, your kids are not there, though, to treat you or to make you happy. You're there to take care of them. That, that's a, that's your job. That's right. And my kids kick uh, me when I'm down anyway. Kathy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Kathy, uh, did you, you said you were on drugs yourself? Yeah, many years ago I lost my oldest daughter to my brother and sister-in-law because of it. What were the drugs? Uh, methamphetamines. Okay. So you're an addict, too. I what, what? was. No there, there's longer. N- there's I no such... I quit back in 86. Well, there's no such thing as... Are you in recovery? Oh, no. Okay, well, there's no such thing I as was an addict. All right, but if she hasn't done it in 10 years, uh, then she's not... You don't smoke pot? Not. No. God, no. No, no <laughs> substances. All right. No. Okay. Um... Well, the the only thing, you, you can't change his alcoholism, and you can't even respond to whatever he's putting out to you. I mean, who knows what's motivating his his uh, abusive or, you know, uh, overtures towards you right now. I mean, he's, he's strung out on alcohol. You can go to Al-Anon. You can get support. You can make connections with other people who can help you through, have been through similar situations. But that's all you can do. To sit around and worry about what he is or is not thinking about uh, making your happiness totally dependent on a severe alcoholic is the biggest mistake you can possibly make. If you need that in your life, uh, the problem is not his, it's yours. Kathy. So much. And oh, wait a minute, Kathy. 11 years. Okay, oh, boy. What is the reoccurring theme with uh, people like Kathy? And I, don't, I don't mean to kick someone when they're down, but it's almost as if... Uh, uh, it's like when my mom leaves a message on my phone machine. I start talking to the actual machine. Yeah, okay. And um, 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 and don't forget to bring the stepladder. Uh, return it when you come. Okay, mom. Okay. And it just there's this running loop of dialogue that just uh, never ends. Kathy, yeah. listen to me. 
This guy's an alcoholic. Uh, maybe he never loved you. I, I know it's a bitch of a situation that you're in right now. Uh, you've had a real rough life. I mean, um, you're 34, yeah. and uh, you sound uh, like you're 54. You've been through hell and back, I, I'm sure, and I'm sure you, we could do the last hour and ten minutes of the show just uh, hearing the tragedies that have occurred in your life. Here is your number one concern. Okay. you got a nine-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a whatever-year-old, and those have to be the primary concern in your life so that they do not have to go through the hell that you've been through as a person. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. And my and kids are already, they're changing. Because all right. My husband and Staying with, with this guy is she not... Can't, she oh, can't hear okay. anything. She can't hear it. Oh, boy. Yeah. It is it is criminal to uh, expose kids to that kind of environment, Kathy. You're not going to get these years back. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. Whatever damage is done between the age of six and nine is just the damage that's done in those years, and you'll never win them back. I mean, you never can go back and scrape out that uh, that plaque that gets in there at that age. So think about that every day, would you? Oh, I I do. Today I went looking for uh, a lawyer for a divorce. Okay. Either Good. that or I will do it myself. Good. All right. So maybe. Go to, but go to Alan, will you? So you can inject some sanity into this situation, uh, please. I mean, just you've got to do something that changes this uh, merry-go-round you're on, because she'll, she'll find another alcoholic guy. Of course. So, uh, all, right. all right. Oh, the kids. It's always, uh, you know, to me, uh, having a kid is just an amazing responsibility, and, and it's it. just ominous and intimidating. But it's always uh, three kids, four kids. I, I couldn't even... Oh, I imagine it. Oh, I mean, you uh, Drew, you need two nannies for every one of your kids, yeah, right? absolutely. So you have six nannies now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave is 23. It's just the, the child rearing thing is just such a tremendous responsibility. I, I can't imagine how people can go into it if they really take it seriously. How you can do four? How you can have four kids? She had four kids. She had three kids or four. Four. She lost the fourth one to her brother and sister. Uh, I thought that was the, uh, speed. I thought that was the oldest daughter who came back or uh, some right. nonsense like that. But uh, anyway, right. yeah. How you can do it when you're getting strung out on speed and your husband's getting loaded and you know you're in between jobs. I, I just couldn't imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Dave. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Good. How you doing, uh, Drew? You're cool. Adam, you rock. My question's for you. All right, Dave. Hey, uh, my girlfriend is cheating on me. I know this because friends of mine are telling me, like, all last week, four different days, friends of mine are coming up to me telling me they've seen her with this person, they've seen her with that person. And when I confronted her on this, she's adamantly denying it. I know. What does she say? Yeah. Do you tell her the specific evidence? I, I, absolutely. And what, is she, what are her excuses? Oh, she's, oh, that's just a friend, that's just a friend. I'm like, how many friends do you have? You know, I mean, this is getting ridiculous. I'm, I'm looking like the fool in this situation, and it's really uncool. I, I don't I don't know. Mm, yeah. Maybe All right, well, let uh, Dave continue. And by the way, Dave, uh, we prefer Rakakulus. I'm sorry? Rakakulus uh, in place of Ridiculous. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... Oh, that pot's laugh. Well, what do you suggest I do? I mean... There it is. To the point where, I mean, I feel like knocking her out, and I don't want to do that, so... Do you smoke a lot of pot? Hello? <laughs> you smoke a lot of weed, Dave? Um, I do occasionally. Mm -hmm. How many times a week? Uh, uh, four or five times. 
Oh, just a cage. Just, just no. <laughs> no. Let's uh, uh, let's try that. Let's try that with any other type of question here, Drew. Uh, uh, do you masturbate a lot, Adam? As, uh, on occasion. Yeah. How many times? Mm, Twenty times a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, taking an hour into the show, but race with the program already. All right. L- listen, Dave. Um, I'm not so sure that she's fooling around on you. She may. Uh, it, you she may, may be disturbed that you like she you like the pot more than you like her. No. She no, ever complain? Does she ever complain? What? She smokes with. Mm. So I mean, yeah. it, that's a mutual thing. It's, it, that has that has nothing to do with the problem. It's All right. So it's a good cure for the problem. No. It's true. If he was drunk, he would have he would have backhanded her five he's times. He's talking by about. Now. He's talking exactly. about being violent. Exactly. I know. Well, thank God he's. Know, I get a think, chance to you know take a step back, look at things differently. Oh please. <laughs> no, you get a chance to when you're high to take a step back and trip over the coffee table. Oh, listen to that laugh. All right, Dave. What's up? Um, you need to look her in the eye and ask her if she's cheating. And then you need to um, you need to be your own yardstick here. You, you, you know, uh, you can't rely on your buddies. You can't rely on uh, talk radio shows, no matter how, how informative and highly rated they are. You, you can't rely on um, on those around you all the time. Eventually, you have to develop your own compass. Your I, I was just talking to uh, yeah. somebody about this the other Me. day. That's all you have. Yeah. No, it wasn't you, Drew. It was another doctor I liked better. I think it was Dean Adele. <laughs> yeah, I truly believe there, uh, that, that she is, and there's another aspect. All right. Oh, bu- 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 bu. Then Dave, that's it. Dave, then that's Dave it. you believe she is? She is. She is. Yeah. Then dump her and move on, because your compass held on. Engineer Mike, pot uh, stoner Dave. It's <laughs> funny that I would use the word pot when I was referring today, but uh, pot stoner Dave down for a second. If she's cheating and you truly believe she's cheating, then that's she's it. cheating yeah. and that's it. And that's the only thing you have in life is your compass. And we will be back. Hello. Why don't you try rapping at this time? Yo, yo, kick some flavor and stuff and love and line. I'll be right back in a minute. I'm sorry, that was really bad. You're just not street like me. I'm Paul Williams. And I'm Tracy Jackson. And the Gratitude and Trust Podcast is grateful for... Louis Black, good afternoon. I did find out yesterday that actually the easiest time to clean is not when you're drinking, but when you're hungover. <laughs> From the acknowledgement page, Judd Apatow. Judd, welcome. It's great to be here. Emilio Estevan and Gloria Estevan. I am honored and a huge fan as well, by the way. It's as if you put a frown on the thinker. That's Richard Lewis. And I say bang in Yiddish, that means loving and violent. Buying a present and taking them after you have an orgasm to the San Ysidro Ranch. That's Yiddish expression. <laughs> Download new episodes of Gratitude and Trust every Tuesday at iTunes and PodcastOne.com. Please come and visit. All right, everyone, enjoy Dr. Drew while you can. I give him 15 minutes. Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, Loveline, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. (laughs) 
Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, and uh, we're at uh, KBCO in Boulder tonight. It is uh, snowy, it is cold, and um, we didn't think we were going to be here today, Mm -hmm. actually, because Mm -hmm. we were supposed to come out here today, but we got a call this morning about 9.30, and um, it was our manager saying, uh, you're not going to Boulder, the uh, airport has been socked in, and there's no flights coming in currently. And you know the weird thing about me, Drew? I was elated to hear that. I can't quite uh, figure out what the flaw is in my personality. Uh, I was that way certainly when I was going to school. Whenever anybody tells you you don't have to do something, regardless of what it is, you develop euphoria. Right. Yeah. But I'm going here because I agreed to come here, because I want it. to come yeah, here, because they're paying me to come here. But the second I found out, and it wasn't like I had anything to do today either. I just found out I wasn't going, and I was uh, I was ecstatic. <laughs> and then I got a call back about ten minutes later, and, uh, yeah, you're going, and not only are you going, but you're not leaving uh, LAX. You'll go to LAX, you'll leave LAX, you'll just not come to Denver via LAX. Right. You'll get to fly to San Francisco. And instead of leaving uh, two hours from now, you're leaving right this second. Drew and I got into a uh, great uh, shouting match in in the uh, line at uh, the American Airlines terminal about uh, which was closer to uh, Denver, San Francisco, or Los Angeles. And as it turns out, I was right. It turns out we were both wrong. (laughs) I was right. I said, we're flying over. We're not... uh, we're not saving any time by going to San Francisco. Yes, that was wrong on that one. All right, it's actually 10 minutes more, I think. Yes. Uh, but the point is, is we got to see the beautiful San Francisco airport, which I haven't seen in two weeks. Geez, almost two weeks now. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. Get to uh, say hi to Chin Ho over at the uh, over at the food court over there and get some lovely uh, Asian cuisine. All right, so uh, Ray is uh, accompanying us tonight on the drum kit. Ray. <laughs> Short ready for it, yeah. All right, uh, Drew, yes, what call we get to? Yes, we have uh, Tom. He is 21. Oh, wait a minute. Don't pot Tom up for a second. I forgot, to, uh, I forgot to say that uh, I played, uh, what was what I do, win, lose, or draw? Right. No, no, uh, yeah, right. Pictionary. Right. I played Pictionary over the weekend. I did the TV show on yeah. Saturday, taped uh, five shows, Yeah. hosted by Alan Thicke. Uh. Uh, the guests were uh, me, uh, Chris Hardwick. Uh, who's a friend, so it was kind of fun hanging out with him. Uh, Joan Van Ark <laughs> from Temperatures Rising. <laughs> no, uh, was she on Knott's Landing or uh, right, something like right. that? Um, uh, Mario Van Peoples. You know him. From what? Oh, you know he's that uh, black actor. His dad's an actor. He does a lot of movies. All right. And, um, Jesus, some supermodel and, uh, who, oh, Christopher Darden. Really? How interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. You talk to him? Yeah, a little bit. But it's kind of weird because there's really nothing to talk to him about except for O.J. Right. But you don't want to bring O.J. up. Right. Because it's kind of weird. Right, because everybody does and that. And everyone's done it. Yeah. So you just sort of sit there and pretend like, uh, you know, and then you make this stupid small talk. You know, hey, uh, nice loafers, Chris. Yeah, that's cool. But you don't you don't have anything to talk to him about unless it's OJ related. And you you you, you know you think he'll sue you if you bring it up. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the uh, the comedy was is um, a they told me uh, bring five outfits uh, because we're shooting five shows in one day and we're going to need you to change and look like five different. And if days. I know you, you brought one extra shirt. 
I brought uh, one Hawaiian shirt and yeah. a, uh, yeah. a pair okay. of underwear. All right. yeah. No, I had no idea what to bring. I brought five shirts and told them, "Look, you guys got to iron this stuff because I know it's not suitable for TV, but I, I don't know how to I don't know how to straighten out the wrinkles." And uh, here was my first here was my first um, puzzle that I had to draw. Now listen to this, Ann, and picture this for a second. I'm standing up at the blackboard or at the piece of paper. I got the king size uh, sniffable marker in my hand, and Alan Thick shows me a card that says, um, "Elephants never forget." So, uh, ready, go. So uh, I quickly draw an elephant, and I and I, I figured out that I'm the world's worst worst drawer, but. I draw an elephant, and after, you know, 30 seconds, people figure out it's an elephant. Now I'm, I get to the never forgets part. Now, mind you, you can't, you can't write anything. You can't use any letters. How do, you, how do you convey never forgets without using pantomime, without uh, using letters? Mm. What do you do there? I just made an ass of myself for about 10 minutes, and then the, the buzzer went off, and I sat down with my tail between my legs. That was the very first puzzle I got, and it was all downhill from there. So oh, I lost uh, four out of the five games. I oh, good. That's nice. Great. And, uh, and one of the cards I misread and uh, was uh, doing uh, Rocky Mountain Time instead of Rocky Mountain High. Oh. <laughs> oh. It was really pathetic showing. So uh, Drew does Politically Incorrect, and uh, I do Pictionary, ladies and gentlemen. What does that tell you about him? Uh, I did a good job. Yeah, I'll bet. I have never saw. Thanks for. I appreciate you watching that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's on? Tom. Tom, what's yeah. going on? Um, I've been with the same girl for about four years. I'm 21. Uh, I brought up that I masturbated some time ago because I was in therapy, and I felt that it was disassociating myself from our relationship. Hmm. And she didn't handle it well, and so I told her that I'd stop, or I'd just masturbate about her. And after about two months of doing that, I wasn't able to. And then it came up. You weren't able to stop or you weren't able to jump themes? Jump themes. Yeah, but can't you lie about the themes? Well, I I just didn't feel good about lying about it. I was in this all honesty stage. Yeah, oh, you, you, you're so uh, you're thinking things out way oh, too for much. Christ, you gotta like uh, send the hamper out for analysis. Uh, yeah, we got the report. Uh, there's the uh, three Christie Alleys in here, and a uh, Rebecca Demonet, and uh, there's only two of you. I mean, for Christ's sake, who's gonna know about this? Well, that that didn't seem to be the point to me. Okay. It it seemed to be that I wasn't functioning normally Listen. within the relationship. Okay. And I was disassociating with control fantasies. What? Disassociate. You had analysis or something? Why, why, why all these... Well, I've, I've been through therapy. I'm in college. Yeah, but therapy shouldn't be so so detached and cerebral, unless you're in analysis or something. Well, I'm normally a fan of therapy, but uh, not anymore. Well, well, anyway, it turned out where it came back up about a month ago. Also, an important part of this is that she's been molested. And that she, uh, all sexual things are, are really closely tied to her emotions. Oh, boy. And so when she heard that I was masturbating about other women, she almost took it as if I was cheating on girls, on, on her, about other girls. You have a very tough road to hoe, as they say, with uh, this one. You really do. I mean, you got your work cut out. Between her insecurities and your blunt and brutal honesty, 
this is uh, this is uh, it, it's like um, uh, ammonia and uh, and uh, what is that uh, like chloride or something? Well, it's uh, the way he's approaching things. Everything is uh, so well thought out, you know. And he's, uh, you know, I've been detached and less BS. That that's a, you know, therapy's supposed to get you back in touch with your inner world. Yeah, it's not, not detach you further from not it. For you to uh, put a lab coat and get out a clipboard when you have oral sex. And uh, yes, the uh, subject was uh, very receptive to the yeah, oral sex. So. I, I seem a little detached. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Tom, what's that? Therapy did make me aware of my insecurities and why I was masturbating because we were sexually active and it wasn't just filling a sexual role. And, okay. And and listen, Tom, you're you're um, you, you're you're way too involved in life. I've never said that to anybody, but just uh, relax. It's just life. Do not analyze everything. Do not break everything down to the uh, nth degree. You will go insane. Therapy is good. Uh, it's a healthy uh, part of life. But do not overanalyze and, and put a jeweler's eye on. And, and um, what word am I looking for here, Drew? Do not inspect everything yeah, to death. So be over, so overanalytical that he never has any connection with the reality and the emotional elements. That's not right. That's right. Not, somebody, he, somebody, he didn't have a good therapist or something. I mean, something is wrong there. Either that or he was really, uh, I mean, that's the only way they could get him to contain. Maybe there's more going on with him than we know. I'm sure there's more, but uh, then he masturbates uh, to different. And by the way, ladies, um, when a guy is having regular sex with you, um, masturbating to someone else is really his only outlet. I mean, that's why he masturbates. If he didn't want to masturbate, he'd just have sex with you continuously. This is his only form uh, of, um, he's reaching out it's nor the Coolidge Am I right, effect. Drew? The Coolidge effect. We're we're having a weird energy experience here right now. Both of us, I think, are entering a parallel universe. Okay. You know, it's not an entertaining universe. No, I'll it is right not now. at all. Uh, <laughs> but it's the Coolidge effect, where men biologically, naturally, want to have intercourse with more than one woman. And a, and a healthy guy may, if he's feeling that way, express that by masturbating. Tell the, Coolidge, tell the Coolidge story. I like Well, there's a famous story about Calvin Coolidge when he apparently... Hold on. Explain that he was a president. He was a president in the Thank 20s. You. And he apparently, um, I guess it was late, early 20s. And apparently there was a, there were federal farms in those days. And he and his wife used to have to inspect the federal farms once a year or something. And um, this one day they were touring the farm. And uh, Mrs. Coolidge went in one direction and the president went in the other. And Mrs. Coolidge came to the chicken coop. And uh, the farmer was sure to point out that they had this prize rooster that copulated, you know, 300 times a day. And uh, to which Mr. Coolidge uh, remarked to the farmer, please be sure to point that out to Mr. Coolidge. So Mr. Coolidge comes around and the farmer coyly points out that this is our rooster, this is our hen chicken coop, and we have one rooster and he copulates 300 times a day. And Mrs. Coolidge wanted to be sure we pointed this out to you. And Mr. Coolidge said, really? 300 times a day? With the same chicken? <laughs> Never. <laughs> 300 different chickens. Ray on the drum kit over there, the by the way. To which the president responded, please report that to Mrs. Coolidge. Right. That, uh, I like that story. Yeah. You don't hear any, uh, any uh, good uh, 20s uh, president uh, dirty adages anymore. At least not as, not as many as you should. All right. So, uh, boy, uh, these two are meant for each other. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but uh, both of you stop analyzing life uh, so closely. You, um, it's, it's hard to live up to that kind of scrutiny. All right, we got uh, Neha. She is 17, line four. Neha. Hi. Hey. Um, first of all, Adam, um, I love your analogies, and Drew, you're brilliant. Um, I love the show. Thank you. Okay. Well, about a month ago, 
I got together with this guy, and this is the first boyfriend I've ever had. I'm 17, and it's the first person I've ever dated. And basically, um, my parents don't let me date at all. And I kind of was going, I kind of was getting together with him behind their back, and they. Do they know out. about him at all? What? Do they really? Do they understand you had a boyfriend? Yeah. But yep. you weren't allowed to date. Yeah. And I'm, what's your ethnicity, Neha? Um, I am Indian. Well, my parents are from India. You're 17. When do they figure you're going to be dating? Well, I asked them this. I asked my mom about this, and she said that basically after I got some sort of degree in college. <laughs> kind of unrealistic, but... I'm glad my folks didn't lay that one on me. <laughs> so I still would have uh, would have never had a date. Um <laughs> Uh, are you doing well in school? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you, senior in high school now? Yes, yes I am. Uh-huh. All right, so you tried being honest with your parents, but it, it didn't really work. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, initially, and now you're dating behind their back. Yeah. You see, I, I think when parents are unrealistic with their kids, it almost they're almost asking them to lie. Forcing them to lie. Yeah. All right, Drew. You, okay. But that's, right, what that's what you're applying, right? It's their fault that the kids lie. Well, it is. I mean, if you say to your 17-year-old or your 18-year-old, uh, I forbid you for, from dating, uh, I, I don't want you out of the house after the streetlights are on, uh, so on and so forth, you're, you're forcing them to crawl out of their window and go have sex in the guy's van. You know what I'm saying? It's I mean, the, it's you're... It's the uh... Peanut brittle snake can. Yeah. Oh boy, Drew, you're falling. You're I really falling am. I'm losing fast. It. Yeah, I know. Drink some more of that Pepsi, okay. would you? So uh, now you're going against your parents' wishes. Uh oh. Uh, Drew, uh, Drew spilt a pot of coffee in here earlier, and he's uh, he's looking to dump a quart of Pepsi in here now too. Neha. Neha. Yes. Um. Are uh. So is this the same? You're still dating this guy? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I talked to him about it just last week actually and like you know I got together with him and I kind of told him everything that was going on and we decided that we just kind of lay low like this just my mom just found out like two weeks ago by mm. reading my journal actually. oh oh you fools with you've the got journal. to come up with that that faulty journal i'm telling you i would make a mint if uh, i ever if there's any young entrepreneurs uh, listening i know uh, most of the students out here in boulder are stoned and it's late but uh, in any of our other markets who could possibly uh, back me on this uh, this uh, my, one of my most brilliant ideas which is the mock journal it, it 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 really is. It's the it's the diary that you want your parents to find. I have it printed up custom. We just leave blanks and put your name in, and it goes like you know um, today uh, went to church, uh, found uh, found God in a different light than I've ever seen him in before. Then off to recycle, and then uh, back uh, home to um, um, love and worship uh, my parents and do my homework. This is the one you leave out on top of the nightstand. Meanwhile, the one about uh, you um, um, giving uh, blowjobs for crack money is uh, safely tucked between the mattress and box spring. Where did you hide? Uh, where did you hide this journal of yours, Neha? I didn't hide it too well. Uh, it was just lying around my room. Did you, did you kind of know she snooped around your room? No, not at all. I mean. You don't, Sometimes mm. she comes in and creams it up a little bit, but mm. but she's never done that before. But you don't, don't think you wanted her to find it a little bit? 
No, no, nothing mm-hmm. like that. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Right. Well, you certainly didn't certainly didn't hide it. Yeah, you certainly weren't disturbed about her no, possibly I, finding it. I don't know. I just I didn't I just didn't mm-hmm. expect her to read it at all. I don't know. I don't know. I'm no psychologist, but uh, my dad is. So I can say that there was a part of her that wanted mom to find out in sure. some very small way. Sure. You may not be in touch with that, but uh, a person who really didn't want her mom to find out would have hid that thing uh, after each entry into it. Yeah, that's true, but okay. it caused a lot of problems now. So. Okay. Uh, oh, my gosh. Wow, that was painful. Oh, Did you all hear that? And. <sighs> Boy, oh my God. that is. Uh, uh, we got to clean. Uh, we got need a clean up here. <laughs> I think I've uh, crapped in my pants. All right, Neha, um, you're going to have to work this out. But it's unrealistic for your parents to expect you not to date uh, before you get to uh, your degree in college. And uh, now that they've read this, the cat is out of the bag, and just uh, take it from there. All right, let's go on to Rich. Rich is uh, 26. Rich, Adam, Drew, you guys rock. Thanks, Rich. Drew, I respect you so much for putting up with Adam's abuse. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, listen, uh, I got two things. I was going to call you with this before, but now it really seems appropriate because you guys have been in the Boulder vibe for almost a day now. And, uh, you know, this is. Actually, it's been about seven hours. (laughs) Seven hours. Well, this is a weird place. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that yet. It being weird? Yeah. In what way? Oh, very strange. Well, that's why I'm calling. I'm going to ask you. I have my theories on this. But, uh,. Anyway, well, anyway, I was uh, dating, dating around quite a bit when I first moved here about a year ago. And uh, can I tell you, I mean, the girls here, they're, uh, well, the ones I've run into anywhere, freaks. They're freaks of nature, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen much of that. Uh, okay, well, let me tell you about one. This one's the more normal of the uh, relationships I've had here. Uh, I came here, and I was dating this girl. And about two weeks into it, she tells me, well, you have a kid. I'm like, okay, well, that's not a big deal. It's kind of a surprise. Another two weeks pass. She tells me she's engaged, and she has a kid. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so, I, you know, I blow up. I blow I'll tell up. you what I have found is that there's a real kind of macho thing going on out here, and women tend to expect abuse from men, and, I, and maybe this is part of why, how they protect themselves. And uh, and they don't really stand up for themselves in a very uh, direct and assertive way. I mean, they they really need a little coaching on that on that front. Uh, they sort of expect, they either behave like men, and I've been told there's no dating here. People just kind of party together, and women think they're supposed to behave like men the way Cosmo tells them, and they're bewildered when the relationships don't work out and they're unhappy. And it's kind of a, kind of a this that machismo thing. Uh, you got a little Old West men, uh, mentality yeah. going on here, yeah, which is kind of nice. But uh, but I wonder... <laughs> Actually, but coming I wonder from if where we're coming I, I, from. But I wonder if women are defending themselves against that in this sort of uh, deceptive and manipulative way as opposed to standing up directly and being assertive. No, listen, there are weirdos uh, scattered all about the country. All right. yeah, let's face it. You can go find uh, somebody who's uh, you know dating you and engage with a kid uh, in any any part of this great land of ours. So uh, I don't uh, I don't blame the location. I blame uh, the person and the person who's willing to date them. Yeah. yeah. Well, you All know right. what though? I broke up with her. You uh, know. Good. Yeah. Well, but I mean that's just uh, the tip of the iceberg. All right. All right. Now listen. Hold on, Drew. Yeah. I've seen enough of the iceberg. I really have. All right. I'm tired of this call. Okay. Poor Rich. No, no. Rich, not, Rich doesn't have a question. Rich has called to tell us how, uh, how screwed up uh, Boulder women are. Please. Listen, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon and get my ass kicked outside the station. Are you kidding? 
I'm still looking to score, Drew. Oh, Christ. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go to break. Drew, you, wanna, you don't want to sell uh, another call, do you? Uh, here's a... No. Okay. Yeah. We're going to regroup, and we'll be back in four minutes. KBCO Boulder, the rockinest. All right. That was my attempt at being a DJ. I'm Adam Carroll. That is uh, Dr. Drew. He is a board certified physician. Uh, phone number for Loveline 1 800 LOVE 191. Fax number 310 854 4455. And it's back to the phones we go. Elizabeth? Hi. Hi. Uh, you're uh, how old? 22? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Well, um, I moved out here about two weeks ago, and... Uh, Where's out here? L.A. Okay. And my uh, boyfriend, who moved out here about a month ago, uh, we both came from back east in Philly, and um, it's it's not as, it's not going the way that I thought it was going to go. <laughs> Why? What's the matter? Um, well, we have... Our relationship is really, really great. I mean, we get along completely. We just fit like a glove, I guess. And um, we have this underlying problem. He is not very big on lying, and at the very beginning of our relationship, which we've been together a little less than a year and a half, I lied to him about something that he considers very, very, very big. What? Um, I slept with someone who was not a member of the same race, and uh, he didn't like that very much. And, and you originally um, lied to him that that had happened. Right. Okay. And uh, he... Um, you slept with an American Indian? What's that? What race did you sleep with? Uh, it was a black person. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not racist, and he's not... Well, obviously not. Well, no. He <laughs> is, though, huh? He, well, not not necessarily. I mean, he was jumped by a bunch of black guys a long, long time ago, and... It's something that he never got over, wow. and um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's this whole underlying thing. Like tonight, he went to work, and we were fighting the entire time before he went to work, and it's this whole thing. And how, how did the whole thing come up in the first place? Um, God, I don't even remember anymore. It, what had happened was he had felt, he had a feeling that I did, and I said no. And it just—I don't know. This does not sound like a relationship that fits like a glove. But anyway, so what's happening now in Los Angeles? He had one of those gut "you slept with a black guy" feelings. I had that about Drew for about the first eight months we knew him, but he he still denies it. Because it was—it was, you know, he—I come from an artistic background, um, and he thinks. No, Elizabeth. Let's get at what the issue is at home in Los Angeles now. What's happening? Why are things not working out? Well, I moved here two weeks ago. He got a really great apartment with me in mind, you know, trying to keep me safe and everything. And uh, I haven't gotten a job yet, and I gave up a really great job back in Philly to come here. And I, I mean, basically gave up my entire life. And I just, 
I wish he would be a little bit nicer about mm-hmm. this. I mean, this is an underlying theme no you know matter what, this, what. Wait, now this is this is one of these situations, and you know this well, when you cannot uh-huh. follow what the hell's going on, you, you're not really hearing what's really at the issue here. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot tell what is going on here. Well, no matter well listen. What is the reality? What does he mean really nicer? I wish you were nice. Is he even in Los Angeles with you? Yes, he is. He's, he's out here with me. What is the problem? Well, I just, I feel like, I mean, I came out here. I fronted the money for the apartment. Well, uh, stop with all the, the fluff and all the excuses. What is the core problem? I don't know if I should leave. I don't know if I should What is he up. doing to make you want to leave? You just said you fit like a glove. We do on everything else, but you, you fit like a foot in a glove, though. That's what she's <laughs> not saying. All right, listen, here's what's going on. She uh, gave up her great job. And by the way, guys and girls, when you get people to give up stuff to come out and do stuff, they're going to resent you automatically. But they, she came out really here, well. She came out here for her, not for him. And he convinced her to come out there. Is that right? I don't resent him. He didn't convince me. He asked me. All right, and but I you said, just said, I, I gave want, up I a really did. good job because to come I, out here. Because I want to be with him. Because I love him. Mm, you love the guy who uh, rides you about having uh, sex with a black man. And this was, let me tell you, this is the worst part. It was when I was in high school. And he can't seem to deal with that fact. Oh, and, why, is you know, that, uh, why is that so bad? Would have been better if you were in junior high or what? Well, you know, I mean, he says, well, you were 18. You can make a conscious decision. And uh, all right, listen. This it, guy it, is not, not, it's not a good person. It, Listen, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> when's a good time to have sex with a bad man, uh, black man, uh, Drew? I said, Batman. Anytime. All right. The the point is is he, if you said you did it when you're 15, he would have made a case uh, against why you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, if you said you did it. 25, same when, thing. Right. Even though she's only 22. All right, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, my thing is like you know that you know that saying behind every successful man is the woman who helped get him there. And that's what a lot of this is about. You know, I came out here to help him because I have a lot of... What's he in. What's he doing out here um, in Los Angeles? Well, what else does anyone come to L.A. for? But he wants to be in the business, the entertainment business. So um, I'll leave it at that. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of faith that he's going to go really far. Mm. And that's How does he afford to put you up in an apartment? What's up? How does he afford to put you up she in the She paid plane? for the apartment. Oh, that's right. Well, I paid for it, but he got a really great job. All right, listen. Listen to me, Elizabeth. Here's what's going on. You dropped your good job. You fronted the money for the apartment. You came out to L.A. to be with him, and he's riding you because of something you did in high school. And, and you're the, pissed off and, and as hell even, about there, it. And there's even more going on here. She is not telling us what, what's really going on here. All right. So All right. we're not going to get at it. So. No, we're not. But uh, you're not the couple that you thought you were. And she uh, won't give that up. She's still got right, the same. Don't cling to is. that. Uh, uh, here's what you should do. Do what I do. Always deem yourself as a crappy couple, and that way it's all gravy. Right. Let's go to Tyler. Tyler's 23. Tyler, what's going on? Um, well, first of all, I just want to say hello to you guys, and that I uh, appreciate the uh, your show, the service that you guys provide uh, in such an entertaining way. Thanks, um, Tyler. Um, I guess I want, I, my problem is not as entertaining as most, but I need your help. Um, Go ahead. I'm currently seeing two girls, and one of them is gotten a little strange on me, and I kind of want to get rid of her, but she's got some issues that she needs to deal with. Like she's got an eating disorder, and she had some dependency issues, and I'm worried that if I try and get rid of her that she's going to you know, not do so well. Mentally. Um, 
Well, I mean, if, if she, what kind of relationship is this you have with her? Well, she, both of the girls are out of town, um, so I don't see them as often as every day, but uh, it is becoming more and more a distant relationship um, just based on the fact that she's gotten really kind of strange. So, How often do you see her? Uh, about every week. What does she think is the nature of this relationship? Um, she thinks that uh, we are seeing each other. I've always maintained that we're not boyfriend, girlfriend. What does she think? What does she think? What does she think? She thinks her boyfriend, right? By okay, virtue of the sa- fact that Tyler's having a lot of sex with her and not telling her about the other woman. You know what, uh, Adam? That's uh, that's part of the problem. She's got big breasts. She's great in bed. Um, but the problem is, is that she is kind of a little bit off as far as her interpretations of reality. Listen, the nuttier the woman, the more dementia that's involved with her psyche, the better she is in bed. True. I don't know. I don't know what it has to do. There's a direct correlation between sanity and being horrible in bed. What is that, Drew? Why, do, why does why does a woman have to be uh, certifiable in order to to really put out in a good way sexually? I have no answer for you. I don't know that that's been correlated. I think I think it's been documented. Oh, okay. Well, you find the publication for me. Um, well, uh, Judge, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, but so. the deal is, Tyler, you're abusing this person. Not abusing, you're using this person. Okay. I mean, you've admitted what it is that you're doing with her and why, and you know that she's not a healthy person, and you're not being, you're not being um, considerate of what you're doing to her. You consider you continue to go back with her compulsively because you get your little needs met. But in the meantime, this woman gets more and more involved, and you're more and more caught, and you have now an unstable person who believes that you're in an intimate relationship, that believes you're boyfriend or girlfriend, you're trapped. You have to, if you really don't feel as though this is somebody you want to be connected with, you've got to get a, find a way out. And the, the sooner and the swifter you do it, probably the better. She's going to have a reaction. I mean, if she's an unstable person, as you describe her, she's going to get depressed. It's going to be very tough for her. And yeah. try, try to be understanding, try to be empathic to that, but uh, don't don't continue to go back and don't allow it to drag on. You've got to end it if it's time to end it. And Tyler feels bad for taking advantage of uh, somebody who's sort of mm, easily taken advantage of, but ultimately he did it. He's doing it. Or and is doing it. Okay. I can see Drew... Uh, Drew, you were, uh, you know, you know, you were, uh, you're like a pinata with all the candy gone. You, you really are. I, I'm watching you come unraveled right, right in front of me. Thank you. You really, you really come undone. Yeah, in less ten minutes. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, you lasted longer than I thought you would. Oh, good. All right. Uh, we'll be back for the final undoing of Drew after this. Here's Loveline before deworming. Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. I'm Butch. This is Tommy. We're the Eels. And you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Rock on. Butch. E. Tommy. Ah, rock! I like the Eels. All right, and you'll never forget Butch's name because Butch looks exactly like Butch. Phone number for Love Line, 1-800-LOVE-191. Forget the fax number, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew. A little more show to go, Drew. 
We will go to Ray 17. Ray, what can we do for you? Um, hey, Adam. Hey, Drew. Hey, Ray. Hey. Um, <laughs> kind of got a really, really bad problem. Um, me and my teacher, she's 29. We've been kind of having a fling going on for about a year. What do you mean, your teacher? Um, she's a like an intern out of college, and she's a teacher at my school. Like a teacher's aide, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and you're senior in high oh. school. Yeah. What is she teaching? German. Is there another teacher in that class? Um, yeah, but not after school. And Does anybody else know about this? No. It's just me and her. You know, it's funny because uh, the first night we, uh, the first call we had tonight, I should say, was a 29-year-old woman who was getting it on with a 17-year-old guy. Right. And you argued that that was okay. Right. And I'm arguing again that this is a total misappropriation of a position of authority over a young person. Hold on. Uh, Drew, you want to spit out that quaalude? Um, Come on now. Let's go now. You're, you're freaking rally, me out. Buddy. I, I feel Let's pretty rally. good right now, thank you. You do? Yeah. I'm glad you feel good. <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> All right, so, Ray, where are you having sex with her? That's what I want to know. Um, in the classroom at school. Oh, that's what And it's uh, all over the place, actually. I mean, think about it. Right next to the Prussian helmet. It is the most serious ethical transgression a teacher can do. It is a violation of the trust of that relationship. She will lose her career forever if somebody finds out about this. Yeah, and her, her career is a teacher's assistant? Yeah, but she's, no, she's training to get a teacher's degree, right? Yeah, but she found out she's pregnant, and she doesn't know if it's mine or her husband's. She's married. Ray, this is bad news. This is bad news. I'm telling you, this is... I, I don't know how, Adam, you can take this so lightly. This is this is serious stuff. Oh, I'm tired and I don't care. That's all, Drew. <laughs> no, hey, listen, if, it, when there's a pregnancy involved, obviously it becomes uh, very serious. Huge. I, I, the reason it's I huge don't... huge anyway. Okay, it's not mammoth huge. It's just, uh, it's not mega, it's no, minor. It's, it's, mi it's minor to you because uh, it, it fulfills some fantasy you wish you had when you were 17. When you but in 17, reality, I'm 33. Right. I wish I was doing that. Yeah, and in reality, it's, uh, it's, uh, it has a very serious impact on a young person. Yeah, but uh, how devastating is it to a 17-year-old senior in high school to be having sex with a teacher's aide, emotionally, uh, male? How devastating is that? It can have serious impact. Now look what he's into. She's married. They're ba I mean, look at this. Okay. What this, a mess. This is spun out a little bit. But uh, when you're talking about just the intimate well, relationship. Plus, the teachers are supposed to help young people develop the appropriate what boundaries. What better way to, to help a uh, youngster right. who's struggling you with know his what? German? I'm helpless tonight. I'm, I'm powerless. It's true. <laughs> the uh, kryptonite is finally worn through Superman's cape. All right, Ray. Uh, she's going to. Oh, boy. Hey, Drew, can you find out whose kid it is before you have the kid? Mm, uh, no, I don't think so. Do you look anything like the husband, Ray? Uh-oh, Ray was uh, potted down, I guess. What's that, Ray? Hey. Hey? All right, Ray, listen. Hey, here's what you need to do. I think she, have to con she has to have an abortion. Well, that's up to her. But maybe she told the husband. Ugh. Maybe the husband knows. I mean, look at Ray's in. Look at the mess he's in. All right. I think Ray's got to tell somebody at school. Now, what good is that going to do? Well, it's going to get this person out of teaching. Well, that makes me look like a freak, though. No, this isn't your fault. You are not responsible for any of this. That's the fact. Well, he's responsible for the humping no, part. No, he's not. He's not? No. 17-year-old can uh, do whatever he wants with his penis without any repercussions? 
Um, no, but in this situation, this isn't his. He, he's not responsible for this situation. Do you know what I like about you tonight? You're like uh, I'm like uh, Muhammad Ali, and you're you're Jerry Quarry. And we've gone 14 good rounds of me just peppering you with the jab. And now you're just leaning up against the ropes. And you're not going down. But I'm working you. <laughs> All this training has finally paid off. The road work, the push-ups, the sit-ups, the jumping rope, the ring time. Finally, I'm having my day. All right. Uh, th- this is tough. Uh, she's going to have to find out uh, whose kid it is. Uh, I don't know. I recommend an abortion. I don't know if uh, if uh, if um, the husband knows, and he's going to have to sort this whole thing out. All right. Let's go to Allie, 18. Allie, what can we do for you? Hi. Um, me and my best friend both had miscarriages around the same time. Wow. <laughs> she was hurt. She had hers a week after mine. Did you um, both, you both had pregnancies you were going to see through? Yeah. We both wanted them, too. Huh. How old is she? She is 20. How old is your husband? Not married. What husband? Are you kidding? She's having sex with uh, another teacher's aide from school. Oh, no, no, no. Just You're 18? Man. Who's the guy? A very well friend of mine. A friend? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, what, what do you want to start a family with a friend for? Well, it wasn't like purposely. It was accidentally happened, but I'd see through it because I don't believe in abortions or nothing like that. All right. And but you don't mind having sex with uh, guys you you're not having any kind of relationship with. Well, we've both liked each other for the last four years, and we've just been seeing each other for the last five months, like intensely. Okay. So this is your boyfriend. Pretty much, yeah. Do you want to marry him? It would be nice, but we kind of... Do you want to stay with him forever? Would, but we kind of, like, separated now. Would you like to have stayed with him forever? Yeah. Was the child part of the strategy to keep him? No. No? No. How'd you get pregnant? How do you think he sticks it in you? Oh, boy. Hey, by the way, uh, I, I, I know the... Uh, Tragically, the child was lost. But this is mama. Yeah. Well, this is potential mama we're we're talking to. Yeah. Oh, it's no wonder this country is just turning into such a dump. Please, politicians. Jeez, uh, I got about ten minutes to kill here. Uh, politicians, for Christ's sake, this is the number one issue this country faces. Uh, forget about. Uh, Forget about the crime and prison population and uh, infrastructure and unemployment. This is it. That's where all that comes from. Screwed up, uh, unmarried, uh, uh, spun out 17 and 18-year-olds starting families. It will be the undoing of this culture. Absolutely. There's no way we can support this. Our, our, Our culture... This country has enough resources to support um, this many alleys and and their families. They they really do. I'm I'm making a very small gesture with my hand. The the number, uh, the day that number uh, grows bigger than the people that are paying for it or taking care of it or housing the prisons or delving out the uh, you know welfare whatever it is, it's the day uh, we just go third world. This is uh, by the way, this is what what goes on in third world countries. No, not enough money from the government to support the uh, minions of, of young people having uh, kids and families that they can't take care yeah, of. And what, what is her question? Oh, Allie, right. what, Allie, what's your question? That's not the problem. What is your question? Okay. 
me and my friend both had miscarriage around the same time, and it was about a month ago. And it's really hard for us to deal with it because everywhere we go, we're seeing people pregnant, little newborns, and everything. Right. And we're wondering the best way to kind of ease the pain. Well, it. is not to get pregnant for another six to eight years. That is that will be yeah, the greatest I, I remedy. I think there, there's a couple of things. One is to realize that the biological turmoil that your body is sent into from having been pregnant and then having the pregnancy uh, removed can cause profound mood shifts. Okay, mm -hmm. so just the biological, the hormonal shifts that go on certainly can make you feel blue. And it's also something goes on where there's some sort of biological connection between a mother and a child. Again, when that's gone. There's a longing and a sense of loss, and uh, that's absolutely normal. It's also, you know, part of the the procreative instinct to then look around at other people and also want to do that. Right. The fact uh, is, uh, uh, reassure uh, yourself intellectually that this was the right thing for you, and wait, uh, like Adam says, eight years uh, before you do it. Allie, yeah. did you uh, use birth control when you were with this guy? Um, no, I just started taking it afterwards. Right. I was never put on it before or nothing. And, and he didn't, uh, was he aware of this? Yeah. And he didn't care? What about the morning after pill? You ever heard of that? Yeah, but that's kind of hard to get. Cause I'm like All right, Allie, as God is my witness, you better listen to me for the next 30 seconds. Okay. You dodged a bullet here. I, I know it's a sad situation, and it's a loss and everything else, but you and your uh, husbandless friend dodged a bullet. Don't go out and get yourself knocked up again in the next six months to try to compensate for what happened here. Um, Believe me, you dodged a bullet here. Stay on the birth control. Take it easy. Give yourself a few years. And don't become a mom until you're not a kid. Okay. Ooh, I like that one. All right, that's, that's going to be in my bumper sticker. Okay. That'll be uh, right next to uh, my... <laughs> what's my abortion bumper sticker, Drew? Uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the fetus you just aborted could have been the next president, but probably not. <laughs> All right, Greg is 26. Greg, what can we do for you? How you doing tonight? Good. Excellent. Drew, I just wanted to say uh, you are the inspiration for me going through PA school. I want to become a physician's assistant. Great. You know, I have listened to your radio show off and on, and I've watched you on TV. And, uh, you know, that's really been a driving force in my college wow. right now. Thank you. Fantastic. Oh, well, uh, well, Why not being a physician? Why do you have to be a physician's assistant? Uh, basically, they don't have the same strenuous... Um, uh, you know, schedules that the doctors do, but you have to get better respect in the nurse, and the pay is really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, exactly. Drew, you ought to think about downgrading to... Uh, could you assist yourself, Drew, and double up on the salary? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's it with Drew and the show, by the way. Yeah, oh, I, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the bromide joke, too. What's, oh, you like that, huh? Right, exactly. But in any case, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, the main reason why I'm calling is because I have a question about heredity. Mm -hmm. Um both female, uh, you know, members in my family uh -oh. are committing suicide. We lost him. And normally, I'd be upset about losing a call, but uh, I'm there? all right with this. You there, Greg? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, I have a question in reference to uh, heredity. If I were to have any children in the future that are female, see, my question is this: um, both females in my family have tried committing suicide, you know, more than once. And, and both, curious, you have two sisters, you mean? Uh, my mom and my sister. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and right now, you know, my mom is, you know, this has happened just recently. And, you know, where I'm at, I'm actually, um, I'm actually in the military. I'm over in Korea. Mm. And I came home to visit her. 
and you know she's getting treated and all that, and you know things have pretty much subsided. Do you know what her diagnosis is? Um, I think it's bipolar disorder. Or, you okay. Know, well, bipolar is not a sex-linked disorder, to my understanding. Oh, so, right. uh, you may or may not have the gene to pass along. Uh, okay. If you don't have it, uh, you you can't pass it along, obviously. Okay. And uh, this the fact that it has occurred in the females in your family, I think, is coincidence and not a function of a sex-linked trait. You're more in danger of marrying uh, somebody who's bipolar uh, than you are. If I th oh, thanks for punching the mic there, Drew. And, and uh, then you are actually passing it along yourself because you don't have it. Right. As far as we can tell. As far as we know. That's, that's good. That's that's one thing I was curious about. All right, Greg. Good luck and uh, good luck with the candy striping, by the way. Well, I said he wanted to be a nurse, right? You're a prick. All right. Oh, Drew, can you use the P word uh, on the I don't the know. I felt compelled. Oh, boy, Drew is just, uh, he's really, he's past punchy, and he's on the surly. Uh, am I in the air? Yeah, you are, Drew. Okay. You want to take another call? No. You sure? Yep. You, what do we, you want me to sing the dreidel song? For yes, the last, please. Uh, come on? Uh, you know the dreidel song, don't you? No. I had a little dreidel? Mm -hmm. Come on, seriously. No, I don't know I made it out of clay. Yeah. And when? Come on, you're half Jewish, aren't you? And when it's dry and ready, come on, didn't you? I guys? don't know the words. I don't, I don't know the song. I don't know the song. What kind of a uh, multicultural upbringing did you have, Drew? <laughs> didn't include the dreidel song. All right, Anne, you heard enough of the dreidel song? Yeah. All right, and uh, we shall be back to wrap up and wrap down with this early Dr. Drew. Fastest drummer for Loveline. Dude's too high when I'm not drumming up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline will be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. Engineer Mike's uh, direction. All right, shut up. Here we go. All right, go. <laughs> all right, well, it was a pleasure uh, speaking to all you uh, tonight. Um, we will be speaking to you at the uh, same bat channel and the same bat time tomorrow night when we have uh, Dave Faustino, a.k.a. Bud Bundy, in the studio. So until next time, well, actually, I want to give some quick thanks where thanks uh, are due. Uh, Producer Ann, even though she um, uh, has water retention, has done a wonderful job tonight. Of course, the one that wonder has uh, uh, more than earned his pay tonight. And uh, who could forget Lisa and Sherry for doing a Lisa's been sick. Job. She came in tonight finally. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. And uh, I want to thank our engineer out here, Andrew, for doing a wonderful job as well. So until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth & Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. <laughs> This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.